Welcome, everybody. This is another episode of the Vorloff Hour. And uh, Jack, what's up? What up? We're you got to with... do some heavy lifting today. I have to do heavy lifting? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty okay with that. Nathan, <laughs> I'm, I'm, Nathan's got to do the most heavy lifting, though. He does. He's I'm not gonna, even here. I'm going to say I'm riding at a good 72%. I'm riding at a... I got off of work on time, so I'm pretty good. Yeah, I did. But we're here. Yeah. We're with... We're actually at Flix. Again, not in the ambient grain room, as no. you'll be able to probably tell by all the audio texture and the blips and the blops. But we're here, joined by the fine folks behind... Hazelic Brewing Company out of Newton, Iowa. Say hello. How's it going, guys? Well, hello. Hey. What's up, guys? <laughs> you aren't kidding about being at 72%. I know. Though. I'm trying. Once I have this uh, second beer, I think it'll be a little more rowdy, but well, not super rowdy. But You said hello, but who are who are you people, and what are you doing here? Go. You go first. Uh, I'm Joe Kesslude. I'm a head brewer at Hazelic Brewing Company. Been there for almost two years. 84 years in recent times. <laughs> I'm Betsy Duffy, and <laughs> I am the co-owner and creator of Hasselig Brewing Company. Welcome, guys. Thanks for, thanks for coming to Jacksbury. Yes. Thanks Thank for you hosting. for joining us <laughs> yeah. here at, at the, in the awkward hallway part of the brewery. I'm sorry we don't have a fancy setup for you. Normally, it's a little bit better than this, but... You have a fantastic window for people watching. Yeah, except for most of the time today, they're probably going to be watching us because we'll be focused on talking, and they're going to be like, what are you doing in there? Is that not a brewery? Producing Iowa's number one craft beer podcast. Is that even true? Probably. Are there other ones? It is, uh, whatever you say it is. Yeah, we're the number one. The number two is that other one. (laughs) Uh, Drink with Friends podcast. There is one. There definitely is one. Oh, really? That's yeah. Right. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, though. And the Brute TV people have a podcast, too, I assume, right? We're beating them all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Nobody knows. We're the most consistent. Well, we were trying to nail down this date for a while. Originally, <laughs> originally, <laughs> it's what just what happens with the brewers and brewery type folk. Yeah. We're like herding cats around a bit. We are. So a little bit overdue, but I'm glad that you guys are here now and... No fault of yeah, anyone. Thanks for inviting us. What it is. Thank you for having us. Got a tasty beer in my hand and I'm set. All right. Well, let's get into it's been a while since we actually had a Vorloff. Normally we've do been doing a lot of Morloffs, which is the alternative podcast that we have. <laughs> and those go off the rails quickly. So yeah, it's I we know. To, I'm we're like, trying to be we're trying to get back on what do we talk about during an actual interview podcast? Because it's been a bit. Yeah. So I guess we should just get on into you guys said who you are and why that why you're here. But like let's Get into your background on craft beer. I mean, I know you guys, but the listener might not know you guys. And uh, we can start there if you guys want to go one at a time with that and like how you got into the industry and why you're a part of the industry. And then we can move on from there. Mm -hmm. Joe is giving me secret hand signals. To go first. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) And so he can think about his answer while you answer. Yeah, I was hoping he would go first. I can go first. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um... So, many, many moons ago, I'm thinking it was probably mm, 14 years ago, craft beer first kind of came into my life. And I happened to have a very close relationship with a gentleman that owns a bar. At the time, it was in Oskaloosa, now in Pella. 
And he just really became a little disenchanted with kind of domestic beers. It wasn't necessarily fun. People were just drinking to drink and not necessarily creating conversation. So one of the first um, experiences with craft beer was Teresa with Millstream or Austin with Exile. So I think that ages us a little bit. And they came in and it was just a wonderful explosion of possibilities. So we introduced the community to craft beer and the motto became uh, talk about the beer and not about the people in small towns. Really, we found people were talking about how short someone mowed their yard. Mm. So it was really fun to talk about the flavors of beer and to educate fine folks about that. And this was pre-Pella. This is still this the Oskaloosa was times. Pre-Pella, yes. So we ended up bringing that to Pella, closing that business, and just moving everything, including our family, to Pella. You can shout the business's name out. That's perfectly okay on this podcast. <laughs> the Cellar Peanut Pub in Pella, Iowa. Nice gentleman that I am married to named Marty Duffy. <laughs> He's pretty nice. I've met him a time or two. He's quite nice. Um, so then once in Pella, we were approached by a few people there in town that said Pella was just a neat enough town to have its own brewery. And we began talking and uh, Mindy Vandenbosch, who's the co-owner with me of Haselig. And I began conversing and I thought, I can do that. I can open a brewery. No problem. I'll take that task on. Joke's on me. I mean, the uh, joke's not on you. because joke's the, not on me, the brewery but it does was exist. really hard. Maybe not where you wanted it to exist at first, <laughs> but it certainly exists now. No, and we got there and uh, through a lot of really fun twists and turns, it's wonderful. It's really great. We're making great beer and great conversation. And we have Joe. I mean, come on. We do have Joe. We do. Someone say you're making award-winning beers. We totally are. With an award-winning brewer. That's true. Yeah. Many award-winning brewer. He's dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. And he's blushing. <laughs> hit, the, hit the sound bite for that. Dynamite. <laughs> there isn't one. I don't even know which button he pressed. <laughs> hit the rim shot. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I don't know what kind of energy that brings. We'll see. It'll shake out in the end. Nathan's going to cut it out. Nathan, don't cut it. Leave it in, please. <laughs> we'll see. We'll find out later. Joe, that was an excellent handoff from Betsy. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I think it started out kind of the same as any other brewer for the most part. I uh, actually had my dad come up to me one day and he's like, hey, you know, I've got this guy that I work with at Homebrews, and he wanted to know if you wanted to come over this weekend and learn how to homebrew. And of course I was like, well, yeah. And, and let me take this back a little bit more. This is the year about 2000. And so I'm like, well, yeah, I want to learn how to brew. So you got like the fourth edition of the joy of homebrewing. I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and so literally the next day I bought a homebrew kit and uh, started homebrewing. Plastic or not plastic? Um, I had a plastic mash tun, so I, I did. I started off all grain, like right oh, off wow. the bat. Oh wow! You started with all grain. I started all all grain because we did both. We did. I learned how to do all grain and also uh, 
you know, just the extract. And so I take that back. I did, I did do one extract, but I bought a cooler right away. So my second brew, actually, I went to all grain. That um, is but yeah. crazy. Yeah. I did extract for quite a while. What, back then, too, most of those extracts probably would have been hopped, right? They were, yeah. 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 So you're you not getting just straight Where are you buying these, too? That's what I want to know. So it's like, we, where, and also, where are you buying the grain at this point? Okay, so I, I was at the time uh, in a suburb of Chicago. Mm, and so okay. there, was, there was a homebrew shop probably, I don't know, about 10 miles from my house. And I would go up there and bought most of my supplies from there, besides all the stuff that I made myself. But, but yeah, I, I did that for probably three or four years. Mm. And then I decided, hey, this is what I really want to do. And so I researched the different schools. I uh, went to school at the American Brewers Guild in 2004 in Vermont. Um, did an apprenticeship in Chicago at Ram Brew Pub, small brew pub, chain of brew mm. pubs. And then from there, I started my search for my first job as a brewer. And at the time, there weren't as many breweries in Chicago as there are now. Yeah, there's so, a million. Right. And so it was a little more difficult. So I actually had to go out of state. I went to uh, Minnesota. And at the time, it was uh, Glick Brewing Company, uh, which is now then became uh, Cold Spring Brewery. Then it became Third Street Brewery now. Um, but it's a large, old regional brewery mm-hmm. that had been around since like uh, 1879. Oh, wow. And okay. so it was a huge facility. So they, we made beer, they made energy drinks, they made sodas. And it was a huge facility that ran 24 hours a day. They had three packaging ryan, lines running at the same time. Good Lord. What, so was the, your, what was your job title there? So my job title, I started out, I was, I started out as a brewer. Okay. And Which hmm. side did they have you on? So I was on, so there we were both. We did cellar and brew. So we just kind of rotated our jobs. We didn't have specific seller or brewer we did we rotated and you know we would talk in the morning and say hey you do this or i'll do that sure um, but i started out you know there was five brewers ahead of me jumping in you know i was brand new um so i was there for not quite four years just shy of four years and by the time i left i was assistant brewmaster there and so i mm. jumped up ahead of the other five brewers and then uh and then at that point i had a really great position there but we didn't have any family in Minnesota. Sure. So we wanted to get back to either Illinois or Iowa. We always talked about raising our kids in Iowa. And we just happened to see a brewery in Knoxville that was getting ready to start up. So this was like 2008, 2009? 2009, yeah. Okay, so that's like right around the time when we have Exile, Confluence. A little bit before. A bit later, yeah. yeah. I mean, like they're about to open though. Three years. Yeah. Three or four years later, yeah. 2011? 2010, I think, is Confluence. Right. So we're talking like two to three years. We're almost there, though. I'm, yeah. so, I'm talking like the... Confluence just had their 10-year anniversary yeah. last year when we oh, you're right. did that beautiful collaboration with them. So it was 12 then, huh? You guys also collaborated with them as well. We did, yeah. That's right. Go team. That w- Yeah, that was... Anyways, not to distract. No, no, that was good. I, um, yeah, so then I was at a brewery in Knoxville for 12 and a half years, and then... Now I'm at this amazing brewery, Hazelic Brewing Company. And here and we are. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. And the rest is current. That's where we're at now. Fair. I was going to ask the energy drinks you made up there. Were they extract or all grain? 
all green <laughs> energy. Sure, they were. They did like we took the eight out of the top ten energy drinks in the country in the, the world. Touring, that time. Organic they didn't do Red Bull. They did Rockstar, Monster, all those. Holy crap, that's yeah. crazy! Yeah. I, I just say that that's why Monster was so prevalent in Iowa. Because I feel like Monster had so much more presence in Iowa. Like when I was in like late high school, Monster did a very good job of sponsoring um, like hyper local. More of those like rural sports. Like my cousin was a semi-professional or like top-tier amateur cornhole player. No, dirt bike. <laughs> oh, okay. And he was sponsored by a monster. Like I they think would just. There's send, a documentary about that. I it, that would not surprise me at all. But I think mm-hmm. they they definitely knew their audience for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen all the Kyles with those uh, tattoos on on the internet for sure. It's the number of the beast, though. I would refuse. Right? Isn't that the thing? I don't like know. Crazy conspiracy theorists think that the three <laughs> lines for the monster is somehow. Uh, I mean, you like rotate it. Ancient. Or would you rotate it this way? Uh, it's a three. Yeah, this way. You know, it's either runes or it's like Hebrew or something. And they're like, <laughs> then they translate it to numbers sure. and they're like, it's 666. Let's not get political here. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about conspiracy <laughs> theories and they shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be political. Um, There's just fun. Yeah, I was going to say. For people that don't actually believe in them. It's not fun if you do. I don't trust anyone in the middle of Indiana to tell me about Hebrew. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, they probably didn't actually know Hebrew. They were like, it looks yeah. the same. I've seen that video. Oh, are you, do you know what I'm talking about then? The, yeah, the woman that's like ranting about it for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, I saw it on TikTok. Pretty iconic. Anyways. TikTok here. tells the truth. <laughs> yeah, 100% of the time. Definitely. I've seen your TikToks. Those are, there's no truths to be told on those. It's <laughs> a just, million takes. It, yeah, it's a million takes and nothing about beer. It's always beer adjacent or beer is somewhere in the background. Mm-hmm. Or it's here, which means it's beer. Yeah, the algorithm changed. Continues to change. It always changes. It's a mess. We also did uh, alcoholic energy drinks there, which what? was crazy. Oh, yeah. like, like Four Loco? Four so Loco. Was, they did that for a little while, but they did one that was called like Juice, and it was like 9.9% alcohol. What? That's disgusting. And uh, so this is back in the day. We were making clear malt beverages like way back before like seltzers and all those things started. Damn. And so it would be, it would be like 30% grain, barley, and the rest would be like dextrose sugar that ferments out 100%. And uh, you filter that? We would, yeah. So we would carbon filter it. So what we would do, it was crazy. So they had a centrifuge. They would centrifuge it, send it to a tank. So our tank, our fermenters back then were 600-barrel fermenters. Mm-hmm. Oh, classic. Yeah. So we had a 300-barrel system there. So the smallest brew we could do was 100 barrels at a time. It was a crazy system. But uh, we would centrifuge it after it was done fermenting. We would get it at about 15% alcohol, and then we would dump powder-activated carbon into it. And we would, we would mix it in there and mix it in the tank. And we would dose it in there and then it would sit for so many hours or so many days and it would take all, we would run it through another filter, filter out the carbon and it would come out. So it'd start out looking like a beer, but it would come out almost looking like water and it would take that carbon would not only take the color out, but it would also take some of that flavor out. And so it almost, uh, it was kind of hard to describe like what it tasted like. How it almost hard tasted, the drink was it? Like it was. It was percent. actually. It was actually quite delicious. Actually, oh. after we after we filtered it, it almost had like a bit of a sake characteristic. At fifteen percent. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Once it's a the, different once, type of barley wine. It's the, the kind I don't like. <laughs> yeah, bar, and we would anti barley wine. We would actually use a lager yeast to actually ferment it. Oh, hmm. 
Once at the, lager temperatures or? Um, a little bit higher than lager temperatures, yeah. When are we getting the Imperial Hazelig? <laughs> energy energy alcohol Ener- drink. Energy barley wine. Energy yeah. wine. It sounds um, like a new GABF category. Yeah, I think. You yeah. can start it right now. Hey, let's go. <laughs> I think the beer aficionado guy wants winter IPAs back. You know, I'm here asking for. I don't know what a winter wine. IPA is, unless <laughs> you're talking about like celebration <laughs> from. I don't know Sierra what you're talking about either. He didn't expand on it. It was on Threads. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm getting old man about that. I'm not on it. I'm, I'm barely. On I'm barely on Instagram. I loved the Twitters, so I needed an alternative. I'm mm. back, not on Twitter, X. But now I'm on Threads. And if you have an Instagram account, you have a Threads account. Join me. I don't know. I have a 15-year-old at home, and I just now got on uh, the Tiki Talks. TikTok's great. Just saying. It's, it's, a, it's a PSYOP. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So political. we got Joe to Newton. Yeah. Joe. So we're current. We're current. We're current. with everyone's in the right place, in the right time, mm. in the right everything. So now I want to go into a different topic instead of history. Let's talk about what you like and what you don't like. Do you guys have a favorite beer that you guys brew? And then do you have a favorite beer in general or like an example of what you used to like versus what you like now? I mean, come on. 20 years ago, I drank Michelob Ultra. There's a time and a place. Did you do it because it had less calories? Okay. I actually did. That's why a lot of people still drink. I was to trying this day. to fit into my silver jeans. Mm-hmm. Silver jeans. Silvers. Or is it just they from were the so acid washed that no, they were silver? No, it's a brand. Oh, oh. buckle. Oh. It's a brand from the buckle. Silver was yeah. a brand. A silver is a brand. Oh. Still is, I believe. I don't know anything. Do about I drink craft beer, so I cannot. Do you still drink Mick Ultra? I've had uh, I drink quite. I've had a lot. I mean, not recently, but I would have one now. I had one on Ragbri. I regretted it as soon as I had it. I would rather have that than other domestics. Yeah. But yeah. I don't want a Bud Light. I don't know. Not because of recent controversy. Not to get political. I just don't think Bud Light tastes good. I don't know. Sometimes I just choose water. Yeah. That's a fair point. There's okay. a joke about it's it being point. pretty close. <laughs> there is. But I'm bum. Um, but now I think I really gravitate toward IPAs. I love stouts. Mm. I love browns. Joe makes a really good uh, homeboy brown. Hazelnut brown ale. Oh, yum. Inspired by Rogue Hazelnut. Oh, yeah, Rogue. That was a moment. Delicious. I know. It still exists. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the only brands of Rogue we get in the shelves is yeah. the Hazelnut Brown. They have really good labor practices. They have really cool uh, naming <laughs> practice for that beer. It's just called Hazelnut Brown. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the creativity just isn't there. You know, you gotta, you gotta win someone it. accuse us of that sometimes with our naming practices, and they just go, why? And I go, why not? <laughs> Great <laughs> running argument. On, running on empty. Yeah. <laughs> running on empty would be a fun name, too. What would it be, though? I think that's a song. Yeah. Most of our, most of our uh, names are songs. Same. Stuff like that. When, uh, that's a good, it's a good place to get inspo. It is. Sometimes Lucas and I sit down and we're coming up with names for beers. We're like, oh, we want this to be like a good beer that people will like really respect. And we'll go, and we start just saying these like <laughs> very like one word things. And we're just like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a Lua name there. Whenever we spit one out, like, it's just like, yeah, Lua would name a beer that like, uh, the, the stars or whatever. What was that? 
the stars are projectors. Yeah, stars are projectors. Uh, like whenever we come up with beer names, we're like, what are, what are, let's spit out like five Lua names first, and then we'll we'll start going on our own. Because send like, them we, over. We named one moment in time, and we're like, that's a that's a name that Lua would name a beer. Deep thoughts by Lua. <laughs> Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Yeah, that that'd be very like self aware. Yes. <laughs> I always just think that the names of the beers are just like, these are very poignant, very like, these feel like they meant something when they came up with the names. So we're like, we can't do that. We don't, yeah, we, but we then we have that. like stupid names from like, Wist, I think you should wistful. leave. Wistful one and two, my guy. It was a, it was a duology, right? That's before a trilogy. Sure. Normally Anyways, they're whatever. We don't need to things. talk about other breweries were here. How, how do you out, name Matt. your beers? We actually have like a log of names that we kind of collect. Are you like a time. running list? Wait, home, we, Homeboy Brown. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. Your dog? So, well, my husband's dog. Oh, okay. He would always choose my husband. Oh, okay. it's one of those situations. Yep. There's a chocolate lab, I think, on the can. He is a chocolate lab, and the graphic artist that we use is just amazing and she hand drew i i sent her a picture of homeboy that's his name and um she she drew that that picture of him sorry that i just knew that that was a name of something yeah, yeah. so i was like homeboy i need to Brown. hit that before i forget about it yeah you guys use the same person for everything currently yes nice it very much you can tell a hazala can when you see it yes so it's it's nice to have i like i prefer consistent branding same so I know what I'm perusing. It is a voice, and I think that is important. How'd you develop that? Do you, do you, how involved are you with that process? Um, like I do all of that. Once in a while, when I really question myself, mm -hmm. I'll send Joe a, a text. Is this stupid? Or is this a crazy <laughs> idea? And, um, but... Honestly, a lot of accidental success. Sure. Uh, for example, possible spam, possible spam pilsner. Yes, oh, I was I do literally that at my stove racking my brain. I was cooking hamburger, racking my brain trying to figure out a name for this pilsner. And up on my iPhone came a number from possible spam, and mm. you know that screen. That mm -hmm. screen is now the can. I screenshotted it and sent it to Anna who does our graphic design. Mm -hmm. And that, that was that. So, Possible spam. Everybody's best yeah. friend. My least favorite thing nowadays when it doesn't say that, but it's like the area code that you're from. I'm like, mm. oh, this could be somebody that's actually trying to reach me. <laughs> could be grandma. But, but no, 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 it's mine are dead. So definitely not that. Damn, that would be a wild that'd call. Be, that'd be wild. <laughs> and especially if it was the current, my current area code. But like now it's always like, I'm just going to let it go to voicemail. And if they leave me a voicemail, I know that it's not somebody I want to be around because nobody mm. I know that knows me thinks I'm even going to go into my voicemails. So I'm like, if they leave my voicemail, it's probably not real. I'll go through and check it. I'm right 90% of the time. And then sometimes it's work stuff. I'm like, Ugh, I probably should have answered that. But it's just text me. Text me. Yeah. I'm a millennial. <laughs> I want text messages, please. You get one call. You get one call. And if you don't leave a voicemail, then you need to send a message. Yeah. If you can't send a message, you're on a landline, and you're on a landline, I don't want to talk to you. Joe, are you taking notes? 
Yeah. Do this you, is how do we, either of you still have a landline? Yeah, this is how we get. <laughs> I have a landline only because I have a 10-year-old that does mm, not have a phone. That's fair. So They need a way to reach you. Or if he wants to call his grandparents at his own free will. Also he fair. Can pick up that phone. We do have uh, long distance, which is a concept the young people do not understand right now. Uh, that's So my example of that I didn't understand was party lines. My mom was telling me about that. When she is that just joint calls where you no you pick up the feeling. phone and it would be on whatever channel and anybody could be in on it and it would be like it'd be like so they lived in like a rural area so it'd be like everyone connected to that line so you could like just go on it and be like what up know. party people I'm like, here anybody could be on it anybody could be listening too it was the old day social media yeah think about the gossip that went in on there do you think it was just too much gossiping about each other. It was, it was people gossiping and drinking domestic beer and not drinking enough craft beer and discussing the craft beer. It's probably because it was... Think about... If it was in Iowa, we just passed the, the prohibition levels of breweries a few years ago. So, of course, they weren't drinking craft beer. There weren't enough craft breweries around. In rural Iowa, which now there's m- multiple. It'd be like Landline Untapped. I don't think Sounds I want like that. a beer name. Landline Untapped? <laughs> it does. Do it. Do it. I dare you. I don't know how well that would go over here. Like, oh, like, I what? just had this hoppy brown um, Pete's Wicked Ale. It was fucking <laughs> terrible. What? I don't know if it was. I was not old enough to drink it. Oh, that's fair. Do you we know should... what that is? No. I do. Yeah, I know. What is do. this? <laughs> A hoppy brown? Yeah. Pete's it's... Wicked Ale. It was like super popular, and I think it it was just after Sam Adams came out or it predates it was, Sam Adams. I can't remember if it predates or not. It's right around the same time. But there was like whole ass commercials for it. Craft it was beer? Like, yeah. Uh, Craft dish. Yeah, he didn't have a brewery. It was all yeah, contracted through Charles X, I think is I where it was remember. contracted through. I read a book a few years ago on like the history of craft beer, so I was like <laughs> very plugged into, I think that was Second Wave too, if you want to get technical. Whoa. Post Fritz. Post Fritz? Pre-Iowa craft. I, I, I have something to say about Anchor later, but we can, we can wait on that. We need to get back to naming concepts. So Betsy said how she names stuff. Joe, do you have a, you have a way that you ever name beers, or do you not want to be in you that know, world I, anymore? I tend to step aside of the naming process. I kind of have bad luck, I feel like, naming beers. I don't know why. Name an example but, of a time uh, you have bad luck with naming a beer. I don't know. There was a time where... Jizake? I would... Jizake. <laughs> that was not me. That was not me. Um, I named a beer, and then, like, literally that same week, another brewery came out with that name. Oh, it wasn't no. in our state, thank God, but it was a neighboring state. And I was like, oh. Our cans were rolling out, and we were just getting ready to pack. Like, I, literally the day we packaged, we saw this brewery come out, like, open out with their, with their beer. And it's the same exact name. I'm like, I've never. Did you was send it the same type of assist? beer? There was no season assist. Uh, we actually saw each other at a uh, a festival in Nebraska, and they were really cool about it. And they're like, oh, we tried your beer. It was good. And we're like, oh, good. We tried yours. It was good. There were different styles and everything, so there was no mistaking labels. Sure. And they didn't even look the same at all. So we got lucky there. Uh, but I, I felt like there was always been, like, this little thing here and there that would come up with a name that was just kind of unlucky. So I decided I'm not going to do that to uh, Hizelig, and I'll let uh, Betsy uh, deal with the names. <laughs> now, is it the the beer first or name first? 
Or do you have like a list of na- like potential names on the wall? And then Jody just walk up to the list on the wall you know and we go. It's funny. We, that would be a good IPA. No, we actually. The funny thing is, we I think we have a log of names, but I don't think we've ever picked a name from that log that we that maybe, running log maybe maybe once. once or twice. So it's it's more kind of. Uh, so Joe and I sit down or um, chat back and forth on yeah. chat lately, and we come up with the brew schedules and what styles we plan to brew. And if it's going to be a new beer or a redo of, of a well-loved beer. And then if it's a new beer, I'm it. So I'll kind of simmer and ruminate with names for a little bit. Magic carpet ride, for example, was Mm. one double IPA just came out. I was literally working in the tap room, cleaning up one night and Magic Carpet Ride came on. And I was like, hot dang, that might be an okay name. And all of a sudden, like the artwork kind of came into my head, like an old trippy poster that you would have in the 70s. So I screenshotted some examples, took some screenshots, excuse me, of some examples and sent those to Anna. And voila, that label is born. Boom. That's fun. <laughs> That was something I always enjoyed was naming beers. Uh, sometimes it's enjoyable and sometimes it just comes out as um, blackberry hibiscus sour. <laughs> sure. Hey, you had watermelon sour too. Which watermelon slice. Oh. I switched it up a little bit. Got a little creative there. It's it's really hard to come up with a name too that hasn't been taken. So it's that's yeah. very true. Yeah. It's always disappointing when you come up with this great name and then you Google it and you're like, oh. Can't, can't like I always it. go, how long was that brew to go, and how far away was <laughs> how it far away always? Yeah. Exactly. I would never. You could be want like to... Flicks, where we brewed the same style of beer with the same name in the same year as a different brewery in the state of Iowa. Because huh. that happened to us. What beer was that? Uh, I am Brute, which we made for Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Who else did that? Iowa Brewing Company had put it out a month and a half before ours was supposed to come out, <gasps> and it wasn't even on your radar. No, it was a month and a half, and this was a. A national seasonal, so it was like above me where the name oh, came from. So as soon as I saw sense. that beer, I was like, "We can't do this." Did we, you do it? They wasn't my choice. We did do it. However, we got the C and D from them. You did? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mike Wing was very nice to me afterwards, thankfully. And I guess was Neil might have been there at the same time too. He may have. Uh, but I remember talking like so. We got the C and D, and we came back and we we're like, "Listen." We did it for Guardians. It was above Iowa's head. Like, didn't know. And we have all this place stuff in place. We don't distribute. We don't do anything. And it'll be gone in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay. Was it the same style? Yeah, Brute IPA. Oh, duh. That's the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure they're still making theirs, too. Nope. What? Brute IPA? I wish it would come <laughs> back. I love Brute IPA. Um, Confluence and Line Bridge had one that was very good. That's true. It was hot as hell during the Iowa Craft Beer Fest. Just kidding. That was Exiles. <laughs> Don't listen to me. Are you talking about <laughs> the one from a few years ago? Yeah, when people were brewing them? Stop. Let me let me have my dream. No, what do you saw some amylase sitting around? No. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I bet don't. sales plummeted. No, they were fine the years we made them. I'm talking about amylase. Oh, oh, Alpha Amelie. I don't know. I, I feel like huge breweries still use it. Yeah, probably. To dial in to like, like 0.002 of gravities or whatever. 
Do you use Alpha Amylase for anything, Joe? I do not currently, know. Did you ever make a brute IPA and use Alpha Amylase? Yes, I did. Did it go below zero? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was below zero. That's Weren't right. those adjuncted too? Hydrometer dropped below. Yeah, nor, like rice and stuff. So you could literally leave out the Amylase, use a different yeast strain probably, and that's a cold IPA. So that's what a lot of the national brewers did like that's what sierra nevada did was they actually used a lager strain of yeast for it Ugh, they had one too good God. and they went well and to because they were worried about the alpha amylase in bottles and stuff when they were bottling it uh they didn't want to use the alpha amylase because they were uncertain Fair about enough. the warmth of the stuff and killing it off or anything like that and i guess i i'm surprised sierra nevada doesn't sierra nevada flash pasteurized stuff i feel like they would i don't know and plus, once it's in that yeast, too, I think it can carry over as well. Yeah, you can't and repitch. So, yeah, you can't repitch with that. Unless you're making more brood IPA. That's true. Because it's so popular. The dream. <laughs> did you did you like brood IPA? Did you guys like brood IPA? I thought it was okay. Oh, It was my dream. I love a West Coast IPA. I love champagne. Sometimes I've been known to uh, Mix the make two? a beer mosa with IPA and champagne. It's really good. I'm guilty of loving it. <laughs> I also love a lot of styles that aren't popular, like American barley wine. Yeah, you sound like that. a brewer. Yeah, it sounds like most brewers are, or I don't know, James, do you like barley wines? I love barley wine. I don't like American barley wine. Okay. Bigfoot sucks. What is I'm an American barley wine? But it's, it's hoppy as hell. Besides an old triple IPA. Look at that. There's a brewery. Okay. Maybe is it it's me? Dogfish, something or the other. I, what is it? 120, 120 minute? minute? Ugh. So good. I'll never meet Sam Calagione, and he'll never listen to this, so I can say it safely. <laughs> Do not like that beer. I've had multiple vintages. Fresh, old, it's not good. I just don't like it. I don't get it. I guess back then it was popular. It was like the Hop Wars. Is that what they called it? I don't know. IBU Wars? I, I met him once at a GABF, and... I'm surprised he was on the floor of the festival itself, pouring beer at the dogfish thing at their booth. And he was blasted. I'm like, he's, I, but at that time I was like, I had just gotten into the brewery here and I was like, Oh, like, you know, cause that show and everything and his book and whatever else and like, and how to build a brewery. Like he's mm. got all sorts of books too. I'm like, Oh, I'm so excited to meet him. I saw how blasted he was. And I was like, it took a little bit of the shine off of it. <laughs> but I still went up there. He was super nice to everybody, but like, there's no way he's remembering any of this. Yeah, he had a lot of um, whatever their brown ale is. I almost said Maduro, but I think that's Cigar City. What's their brown ale? Do they have one? I don't know. Who cares? That's true. <laughs> Why are we talking about dogs? I don't know. I don't know. You started with this barley wine bullshit. I started with Brute IPA. Oh, you're right. Because of <laughs> names. We got there from beer names. Yeah. What's your guys' style of beer that you don't think is very popular right now, but, but you, you wish love. was? Or that you love? Mm. What would you brew if you guys could bring it back? I think I really like true sours, mm. but they're not very popular. They're not going to sell well. Like mixed firm? Yeah. Mm. Mixed firm, spontaneous firm. Yeah. That stuff is great. Yeah. There's definitely a niche audience for them, but there probably is. not in Iowa. Yeah. Saisons. Oh, love a Saison. Mm. Oh, man. You can even make an award-winning Saison, and it just won't sell. Uh, one that has fruit in it, Cans too, right? Yeah. Yes, all the goodness. It has all of the goodness in it. Yes. 
and it just won't sell. People I agree. Don't great, appreciate it. I, I, I can appreciate <laughs> a great Saison. Yeah, we love Saison. Saison used to be a core beer here, and they took it away. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that one. And I think that was even before I st- like right after I started here in 2015. Got rid of it. We used to make it every single year, but we made it two years ago. Not two years ago. It was last year. Years. Yeah, last year, and the sales on it were just abysmal. gone, abysmal. Mm. And we were just like, well, that's it on that, y'all. Sorry. Our Saison program is definitely a passion project that is like, this is fun, mm, tastes good, <laughs> and then it takes forever for it to like... To move? Yeah, because people are like, what the hell is this? If but, you don't have to worry about tank space and you have bottles, though, like those people that are like, yeah, it's a burden on your inventory, I guess. But like if the people that appreciate a good Saison are the ones out there buying the bottles, I think it's worthwhile still if you can swing it. Oh, totally. It's fun to make. It's really cool. It's the same way I feel about like barrel aged stout, but that's a 180. Like people like eat that up. Oh my God. Even if you like adjunct the hell out of it and you clearly can't taste the barrel and people are like, Oh my, I love this. I could definitely get the bourbon. It's like, you're so full of shit. We threw so much coconut at that. Who you can't. Thanks for buying it though. I'm glad you're not in my thoughts right now where I'm just like complaining about it. Why am I complaining about it? I don't know. Guys, you're catching me. In you a weird love mood. those beers too, though. <laughs> because I you're do. thinking about untapped. I am. I, I you're, you're be, reading the comments on untapped used in to your be head. Way more obsessed with untapped. Yeah. Um, it's bad. It's not bad. My mm. obsession was bad. Never read the comments. <laughs> no, never read the comments. <laughs> I tried for a while to keep up with them and update ours to make sure every beer was how I wanted. Because part of it's like telling your story as the brewers, right? It's telling your story the way you want it to be told. So you're creating the beer to be checked in because you're just like, I don't want people to misinterpret this or yeah. whatever else or these flavors in there. But that does not mean that people use it correctly. Yeah, no, and that's why course. I stopped. <laughs> and that's why I stopped. I don't caring. like lagers. 1.75. And it it's be the why, best lager in the world. Then why did you check in a lager? Exactly. Yeah. Wait, you read my comment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe, you're notorious for not liking lager. Do you have that's one thing an untapped I know comment you. that you remember that sticks in your brain? I don't. I I completely check checked out of that. I, I don't I'm not allowed to look at it. I I just I won't. Self <laughs> Not by me. I, I I don't Yeah. Yeah. You encourage or my, it. Or maybe my wife so she doesn't see me like stew over it, you know, for several hours. Yeah, I get angry enough about uh beard judges' comments that I don't need untapped also <laughs> to come down on me. Well, I've had beer buyers explicitly tell me that they refuse to buy a beer that does not have at least like a four star rating. I've had like not even just what? beer buyers, I've had people yeah. like people go into yeah. bars that say, I won't get something unless it has above a four. Wow. Yes. I that is it's too bad. So frustrating because it's like you're trusting people that are so there's it's a huge swath of people obviously that are using this app. But I mean, how many of those people actually know to like talk about beer? Like you read the comments. Some of them are so like so ridiculous. It's just so subjective. Yeah, exactly. It's like and there's no accounting for taste, of course. But like, come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Just think of how many beers you're going to miss out on by going over some silly comments. What's well, totally trend driven, too, because yeah. you're mm-hmm. like. So you're going to miss out on this killer like Pilsner. Or, you know, mix firm spawn, Saison, whatever, yeah. because you're like, well, you like look at a like any of the traditional Pilsners have awful reviews. 
Like they're like well below four. And it's like, so you're get, like, you're maybe new to craft beer and you're like, I'm not going to try this thing. What Pilsner or Kel, I'm not going to try that. It's a 3.7. And it's like, that's what started the whole fucking thing. Yeah, hot take though. <laughs> that beer does not, the diacetyl levels are off the chain in that beer. Purposefully so. That's what even the dude said at CBC. He did. Purposely so. Man, I can't do it. It's just like drinking butter. Well, I'll be honest. I haven't had one in We're not going to get invited. Years. We're not going to get invited to go over there. <laughs> he didn't even invite us. He was... He, That's not true. He said to sign up for a thing, and he invited people over there, and a Flix oh, brewer got okay. to go. All expenses paid. Oh, I didn't read that. His accent was very heavy. Joe, what are your opinions on saws? And is it the world's predominant best hop in the world? And why do you like Kazbek better? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I like a good size uh, hop uh, lager pills. How much butter do you like to put in that, though? <laughs> it's a pad of butter with every pint. I don't even diacetyl rest <laughs> this. I want the diacetyl. <laughs> ALDC, I've never heard of it. ALDC, I would love to see them use that. Have <laughs> They're you seen too like- traditional. They would never. <laughs> of course they wouldn't. Um, Gruner is a good one, though. And you get that at Aldi. I do love shopping at Aldi. I'm a big Aldi guy. Yeah. I wish the one near me was better, but that's fine. What's the one closest to you? It's newer. It's too new. It's Windsor Heights's. It's across the street from the High V. Oh, and I thought going good. there, I was like, this is going to be the best Aldi in existence. And it wasn't. They just, because they're too busy, they run out of all the good stuff too early. And you know how Aldi works. They rotate out their stuff. They don't always have the same thing. So get there earlier. I can't. Damn. Love a good morning <laughs> shop. This one off the this this one off the rails, guys. What, what are your thoughts on Aldi? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, Where do you guys shop for groceries, and is it Aldi? I There's a big Pella. one out in West Des Moines. Yeah, there is. Um, since I'm new to West Des Moines, we go everywhere, so we, we're trying everything out. So we don't like specifically go to one spot. So we, my wife and I, try to hit like all the different spots right now. So we haven't we don't go to one specific spot. So. As of now, as of yet. Sure. You got to find what you like. He looked at me. He mouthed Trader Joe's and winked. (laughs) I'm like, oh, no. This is crazy. Oh, no. (laughs) Is it because it's his own name? I don't know. Jury's out. We don't know. I live in Pella. I have three options. What's in Pella? Hy-Vee. Hy-Vee, Fairway, and Walmart. Ah, yes. So. The teens go to Walmart for fun. Mm -hmm. I went to Walmart for fun when I was in college in Pella, so. I go to Walmart for fun now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. To people watch. Yeah. Yeah. It is good for that. Yeah. I had to go there to buy uh, Kool-Aid once for work. Mm. <laughs> oh, same. I blame Lucas Greta <laughs> yeah. for that, too, by the way. He's a Kool-Aid man with a Kool-Aid plan. Jack, did you graduate from Central? <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm a Central graduate. Go Dutch. Forever Dutch. Forever Dutch and... Uh, Waverly bad, Simpson bad, uh, Co Co bad. I didn't go. I didn't go to any. <laughs> Buena, of Buena Vista, which should be, oh, it's Buena Vista. Sorry, Buena Vista bad. Are these all private colleges? It's all in the same conference, baby. Oh, yeah. When I went will, to Iowa State. When will this air? Uh, this month. These people do not matter. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Hoorah days are over. I don't want to hear about it. Right? Hoorah days are over. Central's homecoming's over at the point this comes no, out, right? No, it's September 28th, actually. Oh. I don't know when My this comes out. My wife also graduated from Central. Oh. 
If it airs after September 28th, we can talk about something. Oh, we can't talk about it because it not comes until, out before then. Mm, oh. Not until. Is there a time period where people should be paying yes. attention to your social medias? Uh, yes. Do you have a date for it? Uh, the week. That the, week? The 25th. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Guys, check it out. Yeah. It might have something to do with Central and it might have something to do with Bella. And it might have something to do with beer. Wink. Watch out. You better watch out. I'm going to have to drink a lot. In the future, just in general, well, I know I mean, a place. I already, do. I already, I always do already. Uh, went to the beer festival in Amana this weekend, the Iowa Craft Beer Bash. Oh. Uh, brought crowlers this time. Originally, normally I bring a jockey box to these things, right? Yeah. And I'm like, it's annoying to set up. It's annoying to tear down. It's annoying to haul. But filling the kegs is really easy. The day you need to do it, it and gets heavy. Yeah, but so- my Lucas wasn't going to be there. Uh, so instead this time, and my wife was supposed to be there. So this time I was like, you know what? I'll just do crowlers. How many crowlers do I do? Way too many. <laughs> like I brought three, I brought four sixtals worth of crowlers, which was a lot of crowlers to fill, which is 32 ounce cans for the listener that doesn't know. And at the end of the festival, I looked down, I'm like, I still have way too many of these. I have way too many. And they're just I'm like on the plus side, just keep them cold. And like, if it's a keg, I'll just chuck it right here and I'll never drink that beer ever again. That's true. So, but in these cans, I'm like, I could do something with this. So I've just been keeping them cold at home going, I'll drink this. <laughs> no, I haven't touched one since Sunday. I'm like, you didn't give them away. I gave some away, but I, I had like 25 left and I was just like 25 uh, satisfied customers. We should have, we should have did the podcast there. Out in Amana. It was too hot. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I wasn't there. Yeah. Were you there? I know. No. Also was not there. So That's we okay. couldn't have. We virtually. What? Uh, speaking of beer festivals, what beer festivals will we see you at? Us. We Flicks? have Marion coming up, and oh, okay. um, the North Side. Oh, North Side Oktoberfest. We didn't get yeah, invited yeah. to that. We're not cool. What was it? What? What? Wrong. What? You're cool. Thank you. I think Welcome. we're cool. Agreed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're cool. I think we're cool. Are you guys going to any? Um. The next one, um, nothing soon. Yeah, I think the next, we, we do three or four a year, and it's Burfest, uh, IO Craft Beer Always Festival, a good time. Uh, the Brews on the Beach. I love Burfest. Yeah. In yeah. Clear Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, the Amana one mm. are the four big ones that we go to. And generally are the only, well, we didn't even go to Burfest. We weren't invited to that this past year either, but that's a. Which was. It is what it is. We still went. It's a good time. I guess it is what it is. There's always a spot for you at the Hasselig. Please. See, I'm going to shout it out to, hey, if you're listening spot. and you have a booth at a festival and you come want one of us, us to come pour for you, call me up. I'll be there. <laughs> comment, comment in the comments. I'll be there for you if Flix didn't get in. I really don't know what our next one is. Probably Burfest, I assume. Oh, you guys didn't you know, do Burfest, do you? Oh, you yeah, did we do Burfest. Because yeah, it was last the last horrifying year. Twinkie disaster. Uh, absolution. Yeah, it was great. It was horrifying, but yeah. Twinkies. They had a syringe that they would shove in. Well, we, we, we aged this beer on Twinkies (laughs) and then we took those Twinkies, emulsified them and then, yeah, used a huge syringe and shot it back into the stout as you, as we poured it for people. It was whack. It was gross. <laughs> whack. No offense to you guys. It was. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what? Look at the untapped ratings. <laughs> Is it good? 
I'm sure it's so. I bet it's a five. I bet it's insane. I bet it's not a five. Oh, you would be surprised. <laughs> Look it up. Real time. I am. I'm sure it only had like 30, like whatever. The first review like, comes from Jack. <laughs> one star. That's not true. I probably didn't say one star. I'm going to bust into this. While he's looking that up, I'm going to bust into this Mybach. It's not from you guys. 4.61 with 60 reviews. So. That's pretty good. And that's just the Twinkie one? <laughs> just the Twinkie one? <laughs> the lower number that you keep the reviews at, the higher the ranking. Exactly. Joe, it's, would you like um, some of my Bach? Ridiculous. I would love some of my Bach. This is Tavern Brawler. It's from a bit ago, but... <laughs> for the D&D movie. For the D&D movie. It's but you movie. know what? My Bach. It keeps well. It's fine. We, we hope. We'll find out. Love a Maybach. One of the first beers I drank before I drank craft beer, it was right on the cusp, was Spaten Optimator. Mm-hmm. The Doppelbach. It, oh, it is a season now. Yeah, I guess it is. any type of beer from, you know, Central Europe. Yeah, I didn't have a hardened liver back then, so I drank like three <laughs> of them and was like fucked up. Yeah, that's fair. I guess, speaking of tis the season, because this is also coming out on mm-hmm. the 11th or mm-hmm. whatever we decided it comes out yeah, on. Yeah, what's everybody's do you guys, uh, pumpkin beer? Well, I was going to talk about Fest Beer October. Do you guys do, you guys do an Oktoberfest or a Fest Beer this year? We have not planned one this year. so I think we missed the boat and the timing. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, there's plenty of them out there. There's we not, did a, that's what we kind of figured. We've done Doptober. Yeah, we did Doptober last and, year, uh, which is a double. Oh, nice. But meh. I mean, there's a thousand of them out there. It's true. And the one of the things about Oktoberfests are if you miss that window. It's a small window. Yes. I just yeah. don't like being married to that. Yeah, we definitely no. missed the window this year. Well, I mean, when, when does the window open now? End of July? Like, <laughs> when does Sam really? Adams release theirs? We <laughs> still have time for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is, you know, Christmas Martin. You put some special spices. pine needles into it and you call it a day. <laughs> put whatever spices go into mold wine. I love mold wine. That would be good, actually. Mm. Mm. No, you don't like. We've talked about this. You don't like mold wine. Not a big mold wine person. It's all Not about what James person. likes. It is all about what I like. He is the host of this podcast, so it no, is all I'm about not. what he likes. We're the hosts. That's fair, <laughs> but you're the host. I'm not the host. I'm just someone who doesn't like mold wine. I love mold wine. Wife loves it. Have you ever done a mold beer? Have you guys had a mold beer before? We have not. No. Huh. It's like. I mean, it could be pretty good. Sweet orange peel. Coriander, you know, juniper I berries. I've, I've used it in Star a keg anise. before. Oh, just and? like a one, and it was it was actually okay. What was the base beer? I can't remember what it was. Just warm up a Belgian wit. That's what it sounds like. No, it needs to be deeper than that. Because if you're like trying to like replicate the idea of wine, like a like a mold wit, I don't think would. I want to say it was a red mm. that we did. Hmm. See, red makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Any, but uh, have not repeated it, so that's fair. So yeah, that's fair. What are the untapped reviews? How's uh? <laughs> so over at Hazelig, I know that previously, like you have liquid hugs, which all the time still, all the time, all the time. Uh, How many hug, hug deal? Back in back in the back in the days, there was like two beers that were made all the time, maybe. Right? It was like I think 
different variations of Newtonian Haze and Liquid Hugs, right? Is that still the case, or do you guys have like a core lineup nowadays that you always want to keep on? We more have, you know, Liquid Hug year-round and Hug Deal. Oh, um, the half. Hefeweizen. Mm. Award-winning Hefeweizen. Yeah. And then we usually rotate out a double IPA of some sort and then maybe do a variation of a, uh, another IPA of some sort. And then, mm. you know, we've been rotating, you know, a red or a brown in between all that. But, and a but fruited really, sour. Yeah, fruited sour. We do a rotating fruited sour. For Gotta the have them. Yeah. So a hazy, usually a double hazy most of the time. We may change that up every other month or so. Every other month or so, and then uh, fruited sour every month. Nice. So does that leave you a ton of room for like doing all sorts of crazy stuff as well? Um, no, we really only have five tanks to to play around with. So once we have our lineup set, you know that that really leaves like maybe one to like do something like super crazy. But how um, far are you guys planning out? Months in advance, oh, or should we be honest? Wait, years or months? <laughs> years. years, no, uh, <laughs> usually a month at a time, really. Mm. You know, we is that canning line coming in, and is that because of all that, too? Yeah, you know, it kind of it, it kind of hinders our rotation. And I know, James, you probably uh, do the same similar thing every 35 days. I yeah. believe we have a mm-hmm. canning line come in, we, we have a similar rotation where we have to brew it all at once can it all at once and so we kind of mm-hmm. hit it hard at the beginning of the month and then you know towards the end we can and but really one of, one of the nice things about that is we're not married to a style so if all of a sudden thing, all all of a sudden a style pops up on your radar mm-hmm. boom you can just yeah which is nice do that. you know having two that we do year round it really does leave the other three tanks open sure but we just we prefer to do a fruited sour we prefer to do a an IPA of some sort. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's guaranteed sellers no matter right, what time of the right, year it is. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And those, you know, I like those styles too. So it's, it's good for me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we do at least one sour, sometimes two, always sun for miles, usually followed with a double. Well, the IPA, yeah, a double, some sort of maybe a dry one. Like we did the shoot for the moon or like a, this month we have a pale ale. Hazy pale ale. And then um, we usually just package our lagers, like keg it off. Yeah. But, yeah, it's mainly stuff that's going to, like, for sure sell. Uh, like, right. last IPA we did was a triple, which people are liking, which is kind of horrifying. I can drink I can drink five ounces and I'm good. But some people, it's their go-to. That's how I feel about the barrel-aged thick stouts, two ounces maybe at most. I'm like, and then I move on. But I can't do... I love them. It's like dessert. It is dessert. I know. The calories are there for your dessert, too. Uh, yeah, dude. I think, though, that, Joe, you spent the summer being pretty conscious about the ABV on several of the beers. Mm. I was, yeah. I wanted Doing to make sure. more session. Yeah, more mm-hmm. sessionable. Um, being sessionable between 5 and 6%. And then, uh, but, still doing, but still doing a double IPA in there. Double hazy. Responsible so with have, a little yeah. sprinkling now, how, of fun. How much of that is being responsible <laughs> for that side, and how much of it is it like targeting the demographic of the city that you're in? Because you like, know, how I, do you play that game? I know it's a it's a rough town. But I'm from Newton. We can talk we can talk crap as much as we want about it. It's I know that like you've got the city of Newton and the people from Newton, 
versus the people that are coming from outside of Newton to come drink as well. So like the balance game of what you brew for beer tourism is a wonderful thing. I think, I think we have a sprinkle of customers that like a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So I think we have, you know, we have a little bit of everything there in Newton of uh, our customers coming in. Um, But we definitely, you know, have to gear towards, since we're canning, we have to gear towards, you know, the rest of the demographic of Iowa, the cities and things like that. So, and I'm getting older personally. I really like a lower ABV. Mm-hmm. I also I, like I'm a lower ABV. Maybe more responsible choices in my life these days. So, no. I think that was maybe the drive behind this recent lowering the ABV a little bit and the season. Oh, so. yeah. Summer. Yeah. Spring, summer, Agreed. beginning of fall. Mm-hmm. It's been a hot one, too. It has been mm-hmm. hot. Like, I mean, I guess a lot of people don't call them sessionable, but you've seen some trend towards more lagers and craft breweries. And I'm like, even even Confluence now has a core or flagship or whatever they call it, session hazy I drank IPA. that this weekend. It it's was good. really nice. It was like four point what? I think it's four, four and a half. Yeah. It's, it was, it's still medium, it was but nice. it's like yeah. it's not seven. You know, yes. like Des Moines IPA is a seven. It's yeah. like oh my we don't God. need to be just drinking sevens constantly. It's okay I, to enjoy this. Doing it's yard work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's – and we've seen a total trend shift towards it too, which I'm, I agree. I'm happy about. Like I've seen a lot of people do like American adjuncted light loggers. This year was pretty popular it seems like. And, um, and you know, really I like being able to drink – one, two, maybe three mm. of a really good beer. Mm-hmm. And when it's super high alcohol, you, you just can't do it. Oh, no. Know? And so it's it's nice when you get a really good sessionable beer yeah. that you can just continually drink. Agreed. And they're good They're good doorways. Uh, I don't want to say, like, it's going to get – it's like a gateway beer, like, going to get people, like, drinking more of our – more – get people to – people that don't drink half beer – they're going to like that stuff. It's not necessarily going to get them into drinking like the beers we like to drink. Like I'm not expecting to turn my uncle into a Saison drinker with this. I just like that he can enjoy something that's locally produced. A foot in the door of sorts. Yeah, and hopefully kind of put that into his mind where it's like, oh, there's places around us that make all this good beer. We can still support them. They're going to have something for me. Yes. I feel like those lighter beers maybe, I wouldn't say they're quite neglected, but they're being more appreciated nowadays, and I think it's easier to get other people into it. I don't. Right. I don't want. They don't need to come out for crazy barrel aged beers, but keep drinking that sweet light lager we're gonna have on all the time. Well, well it shouldn't be sweet, but you know what I mean. Well, I think as I, Iowa's beer market or craft breweries continue to mature because we're still fairly new compared to like the rest of the country is in craft beer. Like they're trying to. We're hitting this point where. You need to get younger people into it because craft beer was really a thing for slightly older people. And the pandemic certainly didn't help that for getting more people into craft beer. And as our market continues to mature, they need, they need to find avenues to reach people they weren't reaching and making more of these sessionable beers, making more of these not niche, more wide spread beers for, you know, your local region or whatnot. It's becoming more and more important to them because you need to get them bought in on this is local, locally made. You know, the people making this, you've mm-hmm. seen their faces and you know, like 
and supporting that. But not only that, it's just like just getting those people o- shift over. So like mm-hmm. a foot in the door of craft. Like sure. just try this once. It's generally at our place anyway. It's cheaper than buying other things because we still have to offer domestic beers here. Yeah, for and I sure. say it all the time. It's like the craft beer fan and the movie going fan is a very pulled Venn diagram where the middle doesn't meet very much. So getting them through that foot in the door is like a a big step to take. And like if you brew more stuff that way, I don't know, wider wider appeal, I guess. Kind of on that point, um, are you guys, did you up uh, in Newton, have you seen a pull for your consumer towards like RTDs or alternatives or anything like that? And have you done anything you know, we- to kind of mollify them we did pull in some some stuff but it really hasn't moved at all in our town in our tap room right or you're, you're talking about like seltzers yeah. or like high noon stuff well, like that um well even like non-elk stuff sure we, we've brought that in uh, as an alternative and no. i feel like i feel like it hasn't Hmm. We thought maybe there would be a pull towards some of it, but it hasn't. It hasn't changed. Um, or do you see? Or did you, have you seen anything? I we have it in our tap room. Yeah. Some non-alcoholic, uh, but it, it's not like why people are coming sure. in. Sure, absolutely. But, but I do think it is an important alternative to have um, as a location selling alcohol. It is nice. Not everyone Mm -hmm. does drink and there are designated drivers. Definitely. Maybe we're all becoming more responsible and, um, growing up a little bit, but yeah, I I think it's important to have an alternative in your tap room Mm -hmm. or in your bar space or whatever it is that that you're serving out of. So do you have an alternative that's not like soda as well? Like, do you have a non-alc that's not soda or is it we have non-alcoholic uh, beers, yes. Oh, okay. Untitled Art. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, okay. We, we do carry Untitled Art. Um, is it the Untitled Art, like, fruited seltzer ones? Three or different, it? no, 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 no. It's, um, I think we... It's, it's their beers. We like have that, an IPA, like we yeah. have a sour, yeah. yeah. I remember They're, Athletic blew up a few years ago, right? And, like, I feel like a lot of people have been chasing that sort of situation because they branded it as, like, this is what athletes do. Sure. But, like... I feel like that fell away pretty quick. Like Untitled Art picked it right back up. Like when I was in Madison, a and bit it's pretty for good. Work, it's good. It's good non-alcoholic beer. It's just, yeah. it's just like the calories. I think is a part of the problem for people drinking them. I, I'm, I don't know for certain. Seltzers have way less, and then even the non-alcoholic beers do because. It just is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still well, not with any stuff, but I'm like with seltzer, f- you're still consuming alcohol which oh, that yeah. is not no non-alcoholic seltzer sorry sure oh oh like lacroix and stuff no, well no there's more like the hop waters and all that sort of stuff oh sure hop tonics yeah so craft I focused like, like joe created uh, so for our brewery oh yeah so we always have like seltzer water in the brewery that we always have on tap but oh, nice! Not not in the tap room, but maybe we should. Yeah, just for us in, in just the us. back. You know, when I'm Top working, secret. I'll drink. You know, seltzer water in the back. That you got to have throw that. In a keg. Yeah, I'm a big soda water guy. Thankfully, we have just soda guns. Yeah, so yeah. I drink oh, unflavored nice. soda water all day. I'm like, because I want the carbonation. Right, I, I'm the same way, and it uh, it's kind of nice to like uh, have that in between beers when you're having beers, even at home. 
Mm-hmm. I'll rotate uh, seltzer water in so I'm not, you know, over drinking or anything, over consuming. Yeah. So. I think like um, the brand of water, it's a water brand and it, it looks like a beer or it looks like Monster. Um, bigot, oh, bigot music. Oh, stuff. Liquid Death. Liquid, liquid Death, death. Yeah. 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 I feel like that exploded too because like non-alcoholic beers, you're advertising to somebody that wants the taste of a beer, mm-hmm. right? Or theoretically, that's what you're doing. Well, some people don't even want that anymore because they're not chasing that anymore. They're chasing something different. I guess maybe that's what the young, those younger kids are doing. Older people, absolutely. Like my sister-in-law had, uh, because of medication, had to stop drinking alcohol entirely. Sure. So she's found a couple of wines that are decent, but like I think recently she's even moved away from those because she's like, it's not like, it's not the same. And yeah. It is what it is, but yeah, it's tough. Sorry, that was a bummer of a topic. I didn't mean to be a bummer. It's just yeah. Weird. I was gonna pile on, but I'm not going to. But, um, think of something fun. Don't put that on. What's me. your favorite beer right now? I and is it your question. beer? Boy, that's a tough one. It's um, like uh, choosing yeah. your favorite child. You know, it I, doesn't have to be one of yours though. It could be any other mm. beer. It's you could pick somebody else's child. I do have a draft line at home, so I do tend to bring a, a keg home from time to time from the brewery. So I tend to uh, drink a lot of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's on um, your draft line currently? Um, my draft line currently, I have um, <laughs> I have I have a liquid hog on tap. Oh, nice! Yeah. That's a and, good one to have on tap. And I also have a keg of. Uh, 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 why am I, my, my, my mind's going blank. Uh, what's the last IPA we just did? Uh, Newtonian. No. Um, Sounds Magic like... Carpet Ride, sorry. Oh, yeah, Magic yeah. Carpet Ride. So, yeah. That's nice. Does it have, two, nice does it have so two taps 8%. on it, or is it just one cooler? With No, I've, yeah, I've got two separate fridges in my basement that I kind of rigged up. I don't have, like, a legitimate keg fridge. It's mm. my rigging of, you know, my tap lines. <laughs> That's amazing. Patsy, do you have a... Favorite beer right now? Do you have a keg in your basement too? No. No okay. kegerator at home. Once in a while, I'll bring four packs home. Uh, I really like Homeboy Brown. I had uh, R. Porter for quite some time. TV dinner. Yeah. Oh, that's a great name. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thought good. we'd go the evil twin route on the naming. Just, you know, just throw something out. For Homeboy Brown, it's turning into that fall season right now. I know. Like this morning. I was yeah. sitting outside yeah. and I was like, oh, it's like that perfect weather. For yeah, like, you can open the windows. Yeah, it's like, but that, that always screams to me. That's like slightly darker beer weather, hazelnut flavor weather, you mm. know? Yeah. Fall just screams certain certain beers and certain beer styles and certain flavors. I'm like, yes. My go-to was uh, Bell's Best. Which one's Bell's Best? Bell's Best Brown. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It has the owl on it. The yeah. brand Owl's is so dope. good. Yeah. What's your beer right now, James? What's my beer right now? Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm with you guys. It's stuff I bring home from work. <laughs> um, a Tulpa, which is our West Coast. Tulpa's Pilsner. always good, though. Um, drinking a lot of that. Uh, oh, geez. And then I had, what did we have? I think we had some seltzers, too. I don't know. I'm trying to, like, not drink as much at home. That's fair. So drinking a lot of LaCroix. 
What's your favorite flavor of LaCroix? Not just LaCroix, actually. I mean, just like sparkling water. Bubbly. We got, yeah, there's bubbly. We Uh got a pack of the orange creamsicle. What's your thoughts on Spindrift? Um, We just bought one of those, too, and that was the... um, that's like on the sweet side. So, yeah, it's, yeah sweet. It's, way, it's way too much they flavor. Use, I think they use like 10% juice. They actually oh, use okay. fruit juices, which and gives it way too a, much flavor. Okay. I, it's fine, but this was apple cider, and it's kind of fun. But the mm. last drink is terrible because everything kind of settles out. to the bottom. Yeah, it's gross. So you really only drink like 10 ounces at most. But besides that, a bunch of tulpa. Um, we're about to can stuff next Friday, so I know I'm going to be drinking a lot of this pale ale. Um, which is Nectron, Nectron Cryo, and Mosaic, which is pretty bussin'. Um, Finest is coming back. Finest Fest, Finest? Yeah. Nice. American Light Lager. Yep. 3%, it's not 3. Uh, 3.8, I think. It's so low. I know. That's what makes it good, though. That's true. <laughs> oh, and Oktoberfest is coming. Awesome. Next week. Pretty excited. Yummy. Oktoberfest, I get, like, pretty fucked up on it, like, the first week or two. This what percentage is your guys' Oktoberfest? Uh, I think it's, like, f- probably close to six. Yours but is close to six, man. I think it, so. This is, why, this is what When happens. did they go up? This is a Meritzen, so it's not a fest beer. But every year since I've been able to drink, I usually get, like, within the first week or two, I get, like, pretty fucked up, and then I don't drink it until next year. That's fair. It's always... It's always a lot of times it's been at Hessen House. Franklin so Streets issue. is six five. I just had one last night. Oh man! I'm like, when did they start going up? Like, Meritons are pretty. It, was it, aren't w- they around six percent? Five like, five is no, the normal. I thought. I don't know. I like. I prefer Fest beer nowadays. Well, that's. I was going to say, is it because Fest beer started becoming a thing in the United? Like, I don't remember people making a ton of Fest beer before like four years ago, and then yeah, just all of a sudden everyone makes a Fest beer. Anna Martin. Yeah, but both. in Germany and Bohemia, they've been drinking fest beers for like close to 20 years. This like, isn't Germany. Well, I'm just saying we're <laughs> catching up because like they realized, like we are realizing like in the last two years, like, oh, if I drink a beer that's lower <laughs> ABV, I can drink more of it and not come home and feel with like... piss in my pants and <laughs> versed all over my Sounds... shirt. Versed. Okay? He's versting. I'm versting, dog. So I, I applaud them. Go, go fest beer. I'm a, for me right now, it's tis the season for fest and fest beers. And because thanks Confluence for having your beer week campaign. Like there's always <laughs> something new. Got theirs. Uh, got, um, I, this time of year, I always just like to try everybody's. So I had the one from exile. I had the one mm-hmm. from Confluence. Mm-hmm. I had the Franklin street one, um, had ours. And like I always just like having them all side by side and just tasting them to see what's different. They're very similar, every single one. You didn't do the same recipe you did last year, did you? No, that's true. It's very different. Good. Thankfully. No offense if anyone from Flix is listening to this. It was very <laughs> straight. It was a recipe built on using ingredients that we always have. Gotcha. It was like eight different grains. No, it was like five, which is I think how many are one had it into this year. Multigrain. Multi-grain ale. John, Martin, <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> no, I think it was Asaria, 1924, Munich, Melanoiden, Vienna. Mm. Maybe it's just those. Probably one other one in there. Melanoiden. Yeah, mm. go off. That's go just off, what King. it's called. That's I what know. it's called. You want to go chew on some? It's in there. <laughs> it's right next to us. 
I'm trying to think of all the times I've ever used melanoidin. I only used it in a porter. Well, let me tell you. There's a lot of that bag left, and I this don't is, know when it's going to get touched. This is very exciting. Which is why the old one used to be based off of stuff we had all the time. Any of those half bags you throw into a stout, yeah. boil that fucker. <laughs> How many stouts are we making a year? How many stouts are you guys making a year? Uh, two or three. Yeah. Two to maybe three. It's almost time again. Yeah. I, I love stouts. Yeah. Are you I aging it in around. barrels? Let's talk. I'm excited for stout season. Me what? Too. Okay. So and barley wine. This season. is going to be bringing it back around. English what are we at here wine. for time? Because I've got a. We're at an hour. Sick. This will be cool because it'll cut this down. This is actually a fun conversation. <laughs> what was the beer that got you into craft beer? I know this is an overdone one for our answers, but I always like asking everyone else is like, what was your threshold? Because like Betsy said earlier, she started drinking like Michelob Ultra. And stuff, and I think you mentioned stouts and IPAs after that. Like, what got you into that door of IPAs and stouts? Like, and we were talking about foot in the door beers for craft beer. What was that for you, and how has that evolved over time? Mine was three Floyd's Gumball Head. Oh man! Oh wow, that's a very like. How did you even come upon that? The Cellar Peanut Pub. It just appeared, and someone said, "Try this," and it blew my mind. And I was forever changed. Yeah. I, I will never forget that beer. To the state? Maybe not. They had their ways. <laughs> I was like, I don't think <laughs> I, ever... it might have been a gift. I, I think That's it right. was a six pack gift, maybe mm. in bottles at the time. I like it more than Zombie Dust. Mm, so TBH. Good. Come after me. So good. <laughs> I don't think anyone's coming after you. <laughs> no, they're not. Was do they still stuff? make it? Which one? Gumball Head. I think yeah, so. Yeah, they they definitely do for sure. Road trip. Because I had it. For the first time, maybe two years ago. Okay. I feel bad. I was just out Good there. I could have uh, spent. You should have. I know. I should have brought some. What's their big stout? Dark Lord? Yeah. Yeah. I've had that a few times. So, Gumball, that's what got you into craft in general? Yes. Wow. That's a. Yeah. That's off the deep end of a beer to get you into craft. Cause yeah. Like, no. I took baby steps. I took very much baby steps in. It was Gumball Head and Rogue Hazelnut Brown. Mm. Oh. See, Those two. The Rogue, I feel like the Rogue's an easy, like, you know, because, like, if you like hazelnut flavor in your coffee, like I do, yeah, like, that got me to, like, those. So, that was an easy step Not in. the Rogue Voodoo Donut. No. Mm. Especially the maple. Mm. <laughs> I never had those, but that I always thought it was That beer was so bad. The bacon. The maple the bacon Sirach beer was also too, awful. Bacon, yeah, I couldn't. Couldn't I, with the bacon. When I lived in Portland for a bit, mm-hmm. like you those still readily accessible. I would try it because I wanted to try stuff. I didn't like beer when I lived in Portland, which was the problem. Mm. Maybe a blessing. Uh, yeah, because then I had other better beers in <laughs> Portland. Because my wife always drugged me everywhere. My normal story is hated beer. But my wife loved beer, so she would drag me to every brewery in existence when we lived in Portland. Nice. Black Butte, baby. I Deschutes was like my number one brewery for mm. a long time. Joe, what was I, – I don't need to get into my stuff. <laughs> Joe, what was your beer? So what, what got me started into craft beer is, you know, I'm, I'm from the Chicagoland area. So when I – after Three, graduated Iowa State, moved back, and Goose. Honkers Ale from Goose Island oh, was, Honkers. was a really good beer back in the day. What was Honkers? Just a Honkers, golden it was, ale? Yeah, it was just a golden ale. But, oh. it, yeah. but back in the day, that was a ho- that was a hoppy beer. Sure. Like when they oh, first yeah. came out. Like <laughs> sure. it was, 
This but, is 15 RBU. And, you know, and I, I didn't <laughs> know anything else. You know, we, there were not a lot of IPAs out around sure. that time. And so, yeah, Honker's Ale kind of got me hmm. sucked into craft Do they beer. even make that anymore? I, I don't think they do. One. I thought they did it once a year, maybe. Maybe. I, <sighs> Probably at their tap room, I bet you can find it. Probably. Oh, yeah. Like, Golden Ales used to be hoppy, though. Like, I don't know when that switched away from when, it hardcore. When I think about it in my mind, I remember it being really hoppy, but I'm sure it was... Well, I mean, I'm sure it was yeah. pretty, uh, Oh, for sure. It'd be super yeah, mild now. Yeah. <laughs> like, even our... We used to make a golden ale, and it had a healthy dry hop on yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, a dry hop. Damn. It had hops in the Whirlpool and a hop on the dry hop. It was... Hmm. Not a lot of people liked it, because that was supposed to be our bridge for the domestic drinkers. Now we make a Mexican lager. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I mean, that's... One of the first changes I did when I was at Capco was, like, uh, we should have a lager. They just had like a, I don't know, some fucking gold nail or something. I don't know. It's good. Brew pubs like to make gold nails because it's faster, easier, and takes up tank space less. No one did loggers there for a long time. Whatever. Do you have an intro beer to craft? We've probably mentioned it I've, on the podcast. I've said before. it a million times. Deschutes Chainbreaker. Yeah. White IPA. All right. Mm. Awesome. Love that beer. That's definitely what kind of turned me on to IPAs in general. And also. No, like, if you're going to go, like, way back, it'd be Killian's Irish Red. Like, that was the first thing I <laughs> drank that was more robust yeah. than, like, Budweiser when I was, like, 19. But Chainbreaker is the first one that really got me into stuff. And then locally, it was Exiles, um, Blood Orange, Bohemian. Ah. And I started to pay attention to craft in Iowa more. And then I moved down to Des Moines from college, 2016. I started drinking more. I remember driving down to Confluence for their first canning run and buying, what was it? Was it Farmer John's and Des Moines IPA? Got a four pack of each of those. That was awesome. Nice. But yeah, Chainbreaker is the one I always point to. They did a re-release like two years ago and it was so fucking good. Oh my God. Because they (laughs) took it off. They don't do it anymore. They only like bring it back sporadically. One of my favorite beers of all time, speaking of mixed firm, spontaneous firm, plus white IPAs is like the original brewer, Flix, Mike Gautier. He made mm. a white IPA, mm-hmm. but he had plans for it. He only made it. So, and then he had two uh, white wine barrels down here that he put the white IPA into and then put uh, a Brett blend into. Oh, yum. And then release it a year and a half later called Paramore. Oh, I'm still chasing that high. Did he did he serve that at the Firkin Festival? That was up yes. here. Dude, yes, he did. I remember that yes. beer. Uh, I remember Mike I giving that beer to. to me. That was a great beer. Yeah, he he. We had I think we had three. We had. Uh, bring him back. Do it again. Bring Mike back. Mike, <laughs> yeah. come back wherever you are. I know where he is. I just saw him last week. <laughs> In fact, he was. Spo- I think he was supposed to come over today to hang out, but he did not, which is fine. How dare you? But yeah, yeah, that was at Fergafest. We had then we also had a cognac, oak soaked, maple syrup Scottish ale. Damn. And that was my was idea. Twenty fifteen. Twenty seventeen. Man, I can't even remember. It, it was a while. There's ago. a picture of me, and I don't have a beard, and purposefully <laughs> so. And then I'm like, <laughs> that, that was, was a great young festival. Jack. It was. Uh, it was during March Madness, I think. Or at least yeah. the Big 12 tournament, because I remember Iowa State was playing on the TV, and we were over capacity in the lobby area, <laughs> and you could feel the entire upper area shifting. That's not terrifying. I'm glad that the fire department didn't come. Mm. 
Yeah, there's like a video of Iowa State winning a game and like people jumping and oh no, and the managers going out and please, please don't jump, please don't jump. But it was a good time. Also, our floor is still stained from that festival. Is it really? I <laughs> believe it. Yeah, it's not a good catch for all those firkins. The, no, the and, uh, and the people. The stills are still on top of the green room right here for <laughs> the uh, all the firkins. I think it was something like thirty firkins and pins. Yeah, it sounds so. about right. It was $20, and it was all you can drink, I think, for a ticket, which is insane. Yeah, it was awesome. It was pre-industry at that point. I think that was the first festival I ever went to. You were there? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I was here. I had to help put everything away. <laughs> it was a bummer. It was a big bummer. But they were like, you could drink. And I was like, cool. All right, as long as you stay. And I was like, oh, bummer, <laughs> bummer. It's a give and take. It is. Well... Any last thoughts that you want to say? Anything upcoming that you want to promote? Anything that is on the horizons? Anything you're looking forward to? I know this was all fairly surface level stuff. I know, Betsy, I know you better than I know you, Joe. No offense. So it's like (laughs) talking to you guys is like talking to just friends all the time. So, Well, darn it. We like you. Thanks for having us. Of course. Where can we find Hazelig? Social media and beer-wise. Facebook, Instagram. X, threads. I'm not very good at being constricted to a certain number of characters. Threads doesn't have that limit. See, I don't even know that. For the Zuck. We we have a Tiki Talk page, but nice. I don't really do anything with that. Um, so, but you can find our fine beer in our tap room at most of your Hy-Vee wine and spirits, fairways, and other fine retailers in the area. Heck yeah. If you live in central Iowa, it is worth the 25 to 30 minute drive to Newton to go check it out. Yes. Cause it's in a cool old building, which we didn't talk about at all. Uh, we did not know. But. Well, and fun fact, we are distributed by our friends at Confluence Brewing Company. So you should really be able to find Hasselig anywhere Confluence is located. Heck yeah. Oh, and f- they're five, lovely. 515 usually has a five one five too for you guys, too. They're rad. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome. <laughs> Joe rides his bike there quite often. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Barb. Yeah. Shout out. Hey, Barb. Anything you would like to plug, Joe? Uh, let's see, our new beer is coming out. We've got a, we're going to have a pineapple cherry sour coming up pretty soon. Mm. We have our Ooh, watermelon kind of sour that just came out. What's that? What kind of cherries? Um, I haven't ordered the cherries yet, but it's, I'm just getting ready to pick those out now. Do you have suggestions? So, no, I just like cherries and cherry flavored stuff. So Me yeah. too. Love cough syrup. It's probably not going to be that type. <laughs> How dare Think you? Think about it. Bing cherries. Mm. And then I guess look out for future stuff on their social media. It's for something to do with Pella. Future fun. And Central College. Go Dutch. Go Dutch. Go State. State. I'm an Iowa grad. Um, Go Hawks. I'm my it's a no. perfect mix at the table. <laughs> Look at that. I got an, I'm also Iowa for that side of things too. So, well, thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah, thanks um, for having us, listeners. Thanks for doing that. Listening. Uh, this has been the Vorloff Hour. You can find us 
All kinds of social media. At the Vorloff Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, we're brought to you by the Iowa Brewers Guild, the most guildiest. We're the official Iowa Brewers Guild podcast. Yeah, we've been empowered to say things on the Guild's behalf. I mean, that's, that's true, true, I guess. All of our opinions here are our opinions. <laughs> Anything that may result in lawsuits or any such things, don't bring it back on the Guild. You want to fight us? Come at us. You want to fight us? Come after us in our comments. Yeah, if you'd like to fight me, James Hecathorn specifically, please come to email. I, no email. Please, please come to Flix Brewhouse. <laughs> yeah, come to Jack. Flix where you don't work. I'll point them in the correct direction. Yeah, I'll drive them over there. Find me. I dare you to. Or email us at thevorloffhour at gmail Yeah, please email us. Comment, like, subscribe, ring that bell. Rate us five stars. Rate us five stars. And um, also rate all of Hazelic's beers five stars on Untapped. Yeah, be sure to get or in on your Untapped. don't rate. Or just don't rate. If you don't like option. a beer style, just don't rate it. Yeah. yeah, it's either zero or five. Our parting gift to you. Four, seven, five sometimes. But think about it. Be a I little more conscious. It's a five. I don't know what the last time I rated a beer was. But that's it. That's it. We're done. We love you all. We'll see you soon. Bye. This has been a production of the Vorloff Hour, the official podcast of the Iowa Brewers Guild. Special thanks to Andrew Hoyt for the intro music and Balanced Scale Media, LLC, for our sponsor segments and outro music. Find the Vorloff Hour wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram.